wherever you are. This is Victoria with, well, that's what we're going to talk to you about. Uh, we've been, I've been, I guess we not, I yes, I've been Victoria with Dream Dogs for the longest time. And then Victoria with Hope Service Dogs, Executive Director of Hope. Um, but we have something else to add to that. Uh, and that's that's what this is going to be about today. So hopefully it'll be short. I'm waiting for Rich to come home with some enchilada sauce so I can make up some enchiladas because I have not had time to make up any sauce or tried any recipes. So if you have any good recipes for that, let me know. But uh, I Dream Dogs, well, before Dream Dogs, it was Dark Saber Dog training for just a few months because we were trying to come up with a name and we thought, oh, maybe we'll go with something that really doesn't have a lot to do with it and with a son named Luke and with a dog named Jedi. And being Star Wars fans, Darksaber might be a kind of cool name for dog training, but that, mm -mm, that wasn't going to work. You need something with a .com. <laughs> we didn't have .com on that. So we, I was actually with my parents on vacation. They were looking at houses in Myrtle Beach and came up with Dream Dogs. I was in the shower washing my hair and it just came to me and I'm like, that's it. That would be perfect. Dream Dogs. Well, Dream Dog, Dream Dogs, Dream Dog dog training, all of this stuff was taken already. So what we did is, uh, it was Dream Dogs with a Z, okay? And I wasn't wild about Dream Dogs with a Z, but it's what it had to be for the .com because I'm not going with a .net, uh-uh. And it was Dream Dogs with a Z. We LLC'd it in 2011, I believe it was 2011. So we have been Dream Dogs for before then, okay? Um, until now, I and mean, then we still have it. Dream Dogs is still there. Uh, but we have something better, something that shows more about where we're at today and what we're doing now versus where we've been and how we've grown. So as you do grow and you mature, remember Pet Smart? Pet Smart used to be Pet Smart or the other way around. You know, things do change and things do evolve. Not that I'm comparing myself to Pet Smart, but still. Uh, and we are heart and soul dog training. Why heart and soul? Because we want performance on cue with heart and soul. Okay. I'm going to tell you a bit of the Nipopo story. Uh, and what I love about Nipopo. Nipopo is a dog training system where the dog learns to do on cue with heart and soul. Right. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm going to give you two examples. Two, two examples are always good for a story. If you have a dog who picks up his food bowl when he's hungry and he brings it to you and his ears are up, his eyes are burning like cigarettes and that tail is waggling and he wants you to fill that bowl and he is very happy to put that bowl in his mouth, pick it up and bring it to you. But that same dog later on when you're training him and you try to pop something in his mouth and you say, here, hold this. And he says, no, <laughs> things don't go in my mouth that way. What are you talking about? What? Or you have that dog on walk who is sniff, 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 sniffing away on everything, reading all his pee mail. And whenever you try to get him to do nose work or scent in introduction stuff, no, mm -mm, no, this nose right here. Yeah, that doesn't use to smell the stuff that you want me to smell. So one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is why? Why is it that whenever the dog thinks it's his idea, it's the greatest thing in the great big wide world? But when I try to get him to do it, he won't do it. Well, what does a dog do? A dog does to better his own situation. 
He doesn't do it because he loves you. He doesn't do it because you're the master. He doesn't do it because you're alpha. He doesn't do it because anything other than to better his own situation. So how does a dog better his own situation? By using operant conditioning, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, the unique Nipopo, which has a positive and negative reinforcement combined. And then, you know, corrections, aversions as needed. You do those, you turn that into classical conditioning from operant to classical, you put it on cue, but it's not enough. It's not enough just to put it on cue. What we want is to put it on cue with heart and soul. We want that, you don't want a dog to do it to work and look like he was beat with a dead fish. That is not fun, that is not good dog training, it's not anything that we wanna do. Instead, what we want is we want the dog to do it on cue with heart and soul and to love to do it, to want to do it, to have that passion, to have that drive, that energy, that desire with heart and soul. Ears up, eyes burning like cigarettes, tail waggling. You know, it's all good. It's fantastic. It's super duper awesome. That is what we want. Okay. And it's that heart and soul that makes it different. Anyone can train a dog to do on cue. Anyone. Well, not anyone. A lot of people can. But to do on cue with heart and soul, that takes something special, something, uh, the je ne sais quoi, and I don't speak French, right? It's that little bit of something extra. And that's what we like to do the best. And it might take a little bit longer. It might take a little bit shorter. It all depends on the dog, the behavior, and what's going on. But I would rather have a dog who loves to do it than a dog who will do it because I tell him to do it, but absolutely hates doing it. And I can relate to this. How can I relate to this? I can relate to this because Arrow would work with his ears back. They were his serious working ears. He would, he was a prickier dog. He was my first Malinois. He would work and the ears would be back because he was serious about it. Okay. Do you know how many people came up to me and they said, that poor dog. Poor dog hates what he's doing. Look at those ears. He's just, he hates it. Well, no, those are his working ears. So while he loved to work and he was very serious about working, I want him to love to work, but not look like I just beat him with a dead fish. Right? Doesn't everybody want that? You want the dog to love it and to do it and do it with heart and soul. Okay. So we, uh, we decided, Rich and Karen and I had been talking about it, and Karen's been our Gainesville trainer for a couple years now. Uh, you know, whenever we get calls for someone who wants private training in Gainesville, or now she's doing day training as well, which is super awesome. Uh, you know, it worked. But again, we wanted something more. We have grown past dream dogs with the Z. That Z, I had, I was going to murder that Z if I kept that Z around anymore because, mm, like I said, it worked. It worked for a while. It was good when we started, but we need something that reflects who we've become. And we also wanted to embrace Nipopo more. And I don't believe, we don't believe we could have done that faithfully by re remaining dream dogs. So we are heart and soul dog training. In Karen is heart and soul dog training Gainesville. Now, what does that mean for the future? Well, I'm going to let you guys think about what that could mean for the future, right? Think what it could mean if we have a Gainesville location. And there's a lot of locations. Uh-huh. What do we do that's different from what other trainers do? 
it's not just the nipopo and the heart and soul. It's looking at the whole dog and training the whole dog. Okay. Uh, doing the whole package, right? Uh, being able to be there and to help service dogs, therapy dogs, pet dogs, companion dogs, dogs who need behavior modification and behavior rehabilitation. And yes, I do separate those out. Um, most dogs don't come to me just because they just want to be better. Most dogs come because they're struggling with something. The owners are struggling or the dog is struggling. It can be very hard and difficult. And we want awesome. We want heart and soul. We want that love, the desire, the, the eyes burning like cigarettes, the ears up, the tail waggling. You know, we want the dog who loves to do, who loves to learn. Because if we can get that started, especially while they're young, the whole world's their oyster. You know, people think we do three, four, and five-week boot camps. Now we're just doing three and five, but we can always customize things. But people always think that, you know, well, if I do a boot camp, my dog's going to be perfect, right? Here's what I tell them. Your cars need tune-up and oil changes. Your, your phone needs updates and gets outdated. Your dog doesn't, right? But your dog's going to need tune-ups. The training is fantastic, right? But it sets you up for a lifetime of learning together. If you think that after a three-week board and train, now I've got my phone here, let me, let me open my phone, because I have this calculator app that I'm gonna do. So if there's 52 weeks in a year, and your dog's gonna live to be 10 years old, because 10's a round number, hopefully your dog will live many more years than that, that's 520 weeks. If I have your dog for three weeks out of all that time, that's a lot less. What's three divided by what I say it was 520 is 0 0.0057. Six, nine, two, three. See, it's right here, the number. So 0 0.005, that's not even 1% of his life. That's five hundredths of his life. Well, six hundredths if you round. Forgive me, I forgot about rounding. So it's six hundredths of his life. That's not even 1%. That's not even half a percent. Okay? It's less than that and you can't put you can't expect the dog to be perfect after those three weeks what you can expect is a foundation to build on to learn from and to be able to grow from okay and that's the amazing thing about it uh, i've noticed a big difference between Django, who is now a year and a half so he was a puppy last year when we got him and siren who is now three months old. She turned three months old just a couple days ago. There's a big difference between them at three months old. Now at three months old, Django, my Malinois, I had had him for four weeks, right? Uh, we got him at eight weeks old and him and I flew for my first gold school. That was a year and a half ago. Well, a year and four months ago. But anyway, we had flown across the country. He knew sit, he knew look at me. He was decent on a leash. Siren, I haven't even worried about that stuff yet. When we go to Universal, she's in a stroller. We're doing Disney this weekend. Uh, and she'll be in a stroller this weekend with her sister. And they'll get to experience the sights and the sounds. Uh, Siren is learning her name, touch, watch, which is watch my hand, right? Make pictures a lot easier. Watch my hand. Got a picture, nice. And look at me. She's learning take and out, but the big thing that she's learning is how to learn. 
And that is the biggest thing right now. Why? Because how long does it take to train your dog how to sit? How long does that take? How long does it take to train your dog to know his name or to heal? It doesn't take long. You know what takes long is getting them ready to accept that learning so it happens at the peak. Okay? And that's what we want. We want the training to happen at the peak of learning. Uh, there's a sweet spot. Okay? And that's what we want. We want to be able to get to that sweet spot so the dog learns the best. Uh, you know, whenever you're doing whatever, you're learning, you're in the, in the zone, and it's, it's smooth sailing, it's easy riding. And that's what we want from your dog. And the thing is getting your dog to that point. So we have a dog in right now who is a little bit older, a little bit slower, might have some joint issues. We're going to talk to the owner about that. But she, you know, it's taking her a little bit longer. Now, I have a question for you. I have an analogy. You know how I like my stories and my analogies. And here's my analogy. And you might have heard this before from other trainers. Is how do you cook spaghetti? How do you cook spaghetti? Do you put water in the sink and put the spaghetti in? No, of course. I'm not going to be stupid about it, right? You get a pot. You put water in it. You put it on the stove. You turn the stove on. And you wait till the water to come to a rapid boil. Put the spaghetti in. Three minutes, because I do angel hair spaghetti, to ten minutes, depending on what it is. And it's done. You drain the spaghetti. The spaghetti is done. And you put whatever topping sauces on it that you want. You want red sauce. You want pesto sauce. You want butter and, and parm. Whatever. Okay? You got it. Now, say you were a little impatient. And you didn't wait for the water to come to a rapid boil, but instead you waited for the first bubble to come up and pop. Do you think you're going to have results as good? Do you think the results are going to be as fast? Do you think it's going to be what you want? No. You need to wait for the dog to be ready. You need to wait for that water to be rapidly boiling, salt it, and put some olive oil in it if you're smart, especially salt it so it tastes like the sea. Uh, but you want that. You need that. And the same thing's true with dogs, is you need to wait for the dog to be ripe for the picking, or you're going to end up with a dog who's struggling, a dog who doesn't get it, a dog who doesn't get to that sweet spot. And that sweet spot is hugely important, okay? So that's what we're working on with Siren, is just having fun and getting her to that sweet spot. Getting her where she is ready, willing, and able to learn, as fast as possible, as much as possible, and as good as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. People think that my puppy's four months old and he's fully house trained. No, not really. He's probably still having some accidents here and there. And you're going to excuse it by saying, well, I mean, yeah, he peed, but it's only because I didn't get him out in time. Of course. That's the same thing that's true when your puppy's eight months old, eight weeks old and eight months old. You know, he only peed because you didn't get him out in time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the definition of potty training, is getting him out before he has an accident in the house. Now, what do you need to do? You need to get your puppy ready to learn. Puppy board and trains. We can do puppy board and trains. However, a puppy board and train is not the same thing as an adult board and train. What's the difference? Six months old. That's when it is. Six months old and potty trained. Potty trained well. And then we can work on adult behaviors. Before six months old, we're working on puppy behaviors. So we're keeping it fun. We're doing different unique stuff so he doesn't forget and lose and wander and get distracted by, oh, look, a shiny object. 
right? We have to keep it short, sweet, fun, and done. Socialization is hugely important at that age. And however people expect, right? They expect that perfect trained dog. I actually talked to somebody who had contacted me for, for a board and train. He wanted for his puppy. He'd had the puppy for less than a week, less than a week. So the puppy he got at eight weeks old, I think it was about eight and a half weeks old. So he had the puppy for three or four days and the puppy was pottying all over the house and biting the family. Okay. As we talked about it, I told him I don't like taking puppies in at that age because all it is is potty training, getting them set up on a routine and a schedule. And whenever I send the puppy back to you, you have to keep up with that routine and schedule. Having the puppy with me for three weeks isn't going to magically solve everything. And now your puppy can hold it until you decide to let him out. He's still going to have to pee multiple times throughout the day. You have to remember to take him out. So I was explaining this and I said, I'm going to give you some free advice. I said, you could take it, you can leave it, but I'm going to start with that. And that is, dog didn't have a crate. I said, get your dog a crate. Your dog needs more sleep. That's why your dog is biting everybody is because your dog is extremely overly tired. They had young kids in the family and, you know, it was, it was husband, wife, and I think three young kids. So they, the dog was, I'm sure, overly tired, hence the biting. They needed a private session or two instead. And that's, you know, here's our online course for it. Here's information about potty training. We have a book on Amazon for it. But we want, we want the dog to do well, right? We want to set that puppy up for success. So as we're talking, and he said, if you can fix the potty, the peeing all over the house, which I told him tether, and the biting, and I told him crate and more sleep, you know, we'll fix those issues. He said, if you can just fix those, that'll be great. And I explained to him that it's, it's not a fix after three weeks. They're still needing to be supervised. They still will have potty accidents because they were a nine week old puppy when they came in. So they're a 12 week old puppy now, and they're not going to be reliable until they're six months old. But as he's talking, he says, yeah, but it's just those two things. It's just the potty training and it's just the puppy biting because he bites us all the time. And since you're going to have him in there, if you could train him all those other things too, you know, sit and down and come and stay and walk with me and don't jump up on things and just sit nicely and wait for stuff. <laughs> He's an eight week old puppy. He ain't going to know that stuff. Right. And I see that a lot with my clients, with my service puppies, because what age do we start service puppies? We start them at eight weeks old. That doesn't mean that we're out, you know, drilling them, drilling them, drilling them. They work for their food. They enjoy it. It's super fun but they get it, they do it, and then they're good, right? We do short training sessions. It's socialization and potty training at that age. It's setting them up for a lifetime of learning and a lifetime of success. And I enjoy getting the puppies in for private training sessions so the owners can continue working at home. And then I like them coming out for board and train when they're about six months old. Now, the Roddy we just had in trouble, trouble was, I believe, four months old, maybe four and a half months old when she came in. I don't think she had one accident the entire time we had her, which is super. I like dogs that don't have accidents when they're with us. Um, and then with the puppies right now, too, because we're breeding, I am cautious of the puppies who are coming out because I want all dogs to come out to be fully vaccinated, which means four months. Four months they get their shots. That means it's going to be over four months whenever it's good to go. Okay. So why the name change to reflect what we're doing? Heart and soul, working with dogs and owners and doing awesomely amazing. Uh, it's just, it's time for growth. It's time to move on. 
uh, from Dream Dogs. Dream Dogs was great. And so what did I do? I'm switching everything over. So Facebook, instead of starting up a, a heart and soul dog training Facebook page, I switched from Dream Dogs. I put in a name change into heart and soul dog training. Karen had Holstein's Well-Behaved Buddies, and she switched from that to Heart and Soul Dog Training Gainesville. You know, Instagram, we switched the Instagrams over as well. Heart and Soul Dog Training and Heart and Soul Dog Training Gainesville. So we still have our, our clients. We still have our followers. You don't have to find us anywhere else. Just invite your friends. Uh, our goal is to be putting up free content like we have been through Dream Dogs. Uh, so we want to have that free content. We want to be able to help people out all over the, everywhere. If you go to the website, oh, and here's the domain. So we have a bunch of different domain names that point to it because of all the differences. But if you go to heart, soul, K9, letter K number nine, heart, soul, K9, dot com. Heart, soul, K9 is our main one. And you can see what our new website looks like. You can see Gainesville has a page. You can see Central Florida has a page. And you can see everywhere has a page because we do work with people from everywhere. You don't have to be local. And if you're local and you want to do some of the video things, that's where you're going to find it. And how great is that, that we are able to, in this day and age, work with people all over the world. Okay. I love it. I think it's the best thing ever to be able to help people out from all over the country. I, I worked with someone today who's local. I talked with a few people today who are local. I talk with people tomorrow who don't live here, who live halfway across the country or farther, three quarters of the way across the country, maybe. How neat is that? Could you have guessed this was going to happen 20 years ago? I couldn't. Um, here we got a question. What do you require to accept an owner-trained service dog in training into your program from Chloe? Chloe, what we need is we need to talk to you first about it. Everything's customized based on your dog and what your dog's needs are. I mean, we have our three packages that are up on Heart Soul Canine. But what we want is what type of dog it is it, uh, where the dog is, and what the dog needs. Uh, if you tell me you need a mobility dog to help you get up and down and you have a chihuahua, it's probably not going to happen. And I've actually, unfortunately, have had to turn down a few people this week uh, because the dogs that they had were totally not appropriate for what it is that they wanted. And instead of, instead of trying and failing, because dogs can be a little bit sketch, no, no, I'm not the trainer for you. Uh, you know, and I hate to tell people that because I try, I, I have a big heart. I like to try to help as many people as possible, which is why we do all the free online stuff. You know, why our Instagram, our YouTube, our Oh my gosh, TikTok is the greatest thing in the world. Um, our Facebook, why we put up so much free content, why we do free webinars. I do free webinars. You guys realize I do this twice a week, right? Tuesday night, which is tonight, goes on to be the podcast. And then um, Saturday morning is the uh, group class or some sort of training, training sessions. And it's fantastic. I love being able to do that. But it's all free. I don't get paid for this. Uh, and it's something that we do in order to help people, to help educate, to help spread information, to, to just help and make things better. So I try to do that. Some people apparently don't like me doing this and think I should be charging more. And so they, yeah, they start spreading stuff. But, uh, oh, here we've got some, some more questions. You want to hear the other questions? Mo asks question. I'm extremely attached to my partner and what? will be to my next partner. How do you deal with clients or potential clients who absolutely cannot be separated from their partners? 
So Mo, that is a fantastic question, especially with service dogs. Service dogs, pet dogs can have just as strong a bond with their owners as service dogs can. So Mo, we have a few options. One of them is we have three different programs right now. So we have our online only course where you, where you do the online courses and you work at it at your own pace. Uh, you can add in some video private sessions if you need to, to work on things that you need. So that's one of them. And that's our cheapest option because it's up to you, right? There's no guarantees that if you sign up for the course, your dog's going to be a service dog because there can't be. Do you understand why? Not you, Mo, just in general. If you sign up for the course and you do absolutely zero work, big old goose egg worth the work, your dog's not going to be a service dog. He's not going to watch the videos on his own, practice on his own, and learn from osmosis, okay? You need to work with your dog. And if you follow through with it and you put the time in, hopefully it will work. I still can't guarantee it's going to work because I don't know you and your dog. Again, if you get the Chihuahua to help you out with wheelchair mobility, it's not going to work. If you get a Chihuahua as a mobility dog because you drop things and the, the Chihuahua can pick them up and bring them to you, we might be talking a different story. So that's the first program. The next program includes private training sessions. And that's usually where I steer people who are in your situation where they just cannot be apart from their dog. Um, we will do private training sessions here, or we will do private training sessions via video, okay? And we'll do those. It includes outings, it includes field trips, it includes our online course. If and when we start up group classes in the future, it will include that as well. Um, it'll include whenever we do Disney and Universal. I mean, you pay for your own ticket and stuff, but you can meet us there and work your dog there. Um, last time we did it, I think we were there for about seven hours, which isn't usual. So don't think every time it's going to be seven hours. And then our top tier is all of that plus a five-week board and train. My bird is very happy in there. It's all of that plus a five-week board and train. So during the board and train, that's whenever you have to be separated from your dog. And Mo, if you cannot be separated from your dog, where do you live? Mo, tell me where you live. Because if you live local to me or local to Karen, one of the things we could do instead of doing a five-week board and train where your dog comes and stays here is maybe we do... Uh, five weeks of intensive training with you, where you come here every day and we work with you and your dog, and then you have to continue that at home, you know, whenever you go back to the home. But say you live across the country, say you cannot come here every day for five weeks. Well, come here and work from home, well, work from your hotel room or get an Airbnb, and be here for that time and work with us if you want that program. Or go with another program. You know, um, there's something called day training. So this is one thing Karen's going to be doing in Gainesville. And she's very excited about this is she wants to go into people's homes and do this. So she's going to go into people's home for private sessions. These are private one-on-one -on -one training sessions where we work with you and you work with your dog and we work with your dog and everyone works together on whatever concept we're working on. There's also day training where she goes to the house and she works with the owner or she works with the dog, not the owner. She works with the dog maybe three times a week and maybe that fourth time a week, she works with the owner and shows the owner what she's been working on. And as the dog's ready for it, she can take that dog because she has that nice sprinter van. She can take that dog around town and she can go to parks. She can go to dog friendly locations. If it's a service dog, she can go to service dog locations and she can work with the dog without the owner there. And that means that teaching an owner is great because the owners have to know it. But here's the thing, I can move a lot faster, I can get behaviors a lot better in a lot shorter amount of time doing it on my own because I know what I'm doing. And it sounds really crass, doesn't it? Like that sounded terrible, Vicky. 
Um, I know what I'm doing. So there's not the explanation of why I'm doing it. If this doesn't work, what else are we going to do? Um, let's try this. Let's try that. I can just bang, bang, bang and get it done. Or, or I can wait for that water to be boiling before I add the spaghetti. Wait, why are you talking about food? It's an analogy. What's an analogy? That's what I just said, right? So I can do that. Karen can do that. Rich can do that. Luke can do that. You know, Shane's been working with us. Shane can do that. Uh, is, is figure out what it is the dog needs and move it from there. What you don't want to do, you know, sometimes oh, we're going to try something with a private client. Oh, it doesn't work. We'll try something else. Oh, that doesn't work. Try something else. And here maybe you've wasted, wasted, you know, in quotes, the hour-long training session. Or maybe you're not getting the results that you want, so you have to kind of push a little bit more. So I like boarding trains. The day trainings, I think, are going to go really well for Karen. So much so that if it goes well, we might introduce it here for the villages, especially. Um, the problem is I like air conditioning and we're kind of busy here. So I like being able to be here and not necessarily just out on the road, but maybe we could do one day a week or so where we pick up dogs and we work them. So Mo, that, that could be a potential idea as well, but I need to know where you live. Oh, you're in Texas, Mo. So yeah, um, you would either have to come here for the time if you wanted to do that program or just go with a program that doesn't include the board and train and then it doesn't matter. But I'm also going to tell you two things, Mo. One of them is sometimes your dog really does need to be away from you for a while. And two, if you are then attached to your service dog, you need to make sure you have another one lined up before you need it. Okay. Um, I've had this happen a few times where you rely on your service dog so much and your service dog gets injured, maybe pulls, pulls a muscle or gets, uh, gets in a, uh, in a fight or, uh, you know, runs into something he shouldn't have and gets a big old scratch on him and he needs crate rest for a while. Uh, and now you don't have a service dog and it's scary. It's super scary. And we don't want that to happen. So you need to have a second dog planned already. I don't know how old your first dog is, but we need to have that. So we, uh, so you are set for it and you can go without, without your dog, without it being really bad for you. Okay. Make sense. Um, I hope so. It sounds weird, but, but it works, uh, because we want it to be, we want it to be good. We really do. Um, we don't want it to be, oh, my service dog is not doing well. Or like Arrow, Arrow died at six years old, unexpectedly of lung cancer. What do you do? I didn't have a service dog. He was, he, and he was only six. I wasn't expecting him to be gone for at least another four to six years. And he was gone. And it's scary. And it's super scary. So I always recommend when your dog's hitting around two and fully trained, start thinking about what breed you want for your next service dog. And by the time that your dog is four, you should already have that dog and be starting training him. So yes, you do get into an, a never-ending cycle of service dog training. Huh, that's what I'm here for is to help you with that. But what you need is you need to be able to, uh, to do well, right? You need to be able to function without having that dog just in case something happens. Okay. Uh, yeah. So think about your next one. And then sometimes they do good. So I'm going, you guys know, cause I've already mentioned it. I'm going to need Popo for two months. I can take two dogs with me. Smart Vicky would have taken one service dog and maybe one client dog or a dog who needs training. Smart Vicky would have taken Gypsy or Django. However, 
Compassionate Vicky, business Vicky, decided to take two client dogs. That means I will not have my service dog with me for two months. Now, luckily, I'm training two service dogs, so I can train them up to help me while I have them. Or, depending on how I'm doing while I'm there, I might see if I could bring my dog, my service dog, and just have him there with me or have her there with me and just not work her during the school, but still have her. But then that gives me one more dog to have to train off my on, off, on my off hours and, and have to figure out what we're doing. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that because I won't have my service humans there and, and I won't have my service dog there unless, like I said, unless I, I bring her and just keep her crated while I'm at school, um, you know, potty her because it'd probably be gypsy because she'd be fine being good for two months and then working her extra, you know, working her maybe at lunchtime or beforehand or afterwards. I don't know. Um, any advice on helping with gear shyness? Uh, what is, what are they shy about? So usually what I tell people is again, we want that heart and soul. I want my dog to love to put on his gear, not have to take him, wrestle him down and clip it on him. I want him to love it and to run over it and stick his head through it, stick his body through it, love to have it put on. So wherever you're having a problem in training is where you're going to put your money. That doesn't mean your $20 in your wallet. It means that's where your dog's going to get paid. So if your dog does not like putting on his vest, his harness, his leash, his boots, it's the only way your dog's going to eat. He's going to love it real quick. How do I set up a conversation with you about, with your program about my service dog in training? Um, Chloe, I sent, I posted the link. It's heart, soul, letter K, number nine, dot com slash contact or just go to heart, soul, K9 and hit the contact button. Um, we'll have that. So we have the heart, soul, K9 contact form. Go ahead, fill that out and send that. Uh, and we shall get to you soon. Um, Mo says her current is 10. So the successor is on his way now. He'll be here in October. There are tasks at the trainer that there are just tasks at the trainer that has him. I don't think can train him to do. Yeah, well, that's, there were some tasks that owners shouldn't train or can't train. And then there were other tasks that trainers really need the help of the owners for. You know, for example, we do a lot with anxiety and PTSD and medical alert. Well, I need the samples from the owners. Okay, so if they can provide that, that's good. But the owner needs to know how to take that and run with it afterwards. Because again, for my service dogs, it's a five-week boot camp. A five-week boot camp isn't going to finish everything, right? A five-week boot camp is just the starting point for service dogs. Usually when we take them in for our boot camp, they are at least six months old and potty trained is what I, I ask for before they come in for us for boot camp. Now, when they come in to us for boot camp, we want, we want them to be good. You know, we want them to get the most out of it. So what I tell people is take advantage of the private training sessions before they come in for boot camp. If you don't, if instead you say, ah, you know, I'll drop them off at, at six months old and it'll be fine. You know what we spend the time doing? Building up the, the clicker, uh, building up those foundation things, teaching the dog his name, teaching the dog sit. And while we can get to some of the service dog stuff, I can get to a lot more service dog stuff if the dog knows me and is comfortable with me and can jump right in. For example... I like my examples. Uh, we have a dog with us now who was dropped off just a few days ago 
who lives with a professional trainer. Wait, if you have a dog who lives with a professional trainer, why are they with you? Because we train service dogs. That is my specialty is service dog training. Again, we also do companion pet dogs. We do therapy dogs. We do behavior mod. Um, Rich loves the behavior mod. He likes getting those ones in. I like the service dogs the most because I know the change and the huge improvement it can do in somebody's life. If you ask him, he loves the service dogs too because it's fun. He always learning new stuff and being able to do new stuff with them. And he likes the fun part of it, you know, which I understand. I agree with them. So we like both. But anyway, uh, but this is what we do. So the dog, no, he walks beautifully on a leash. He sits, he downs. What does he need help with? Task stuff. We're going to work him out in public. It's going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. And I'm so stoked that we can do this with him and that she trusts us to do that. And, you know, we know how it is whenever you have a dog who, um, you know, that you, you love and you adore, but you know needs that help that you can't give him, but somebody else can. And it's hard, but it works. Uh, here, another, oh, about the gear. He doesn't mind it being put on, but once it's on, he will try to scratch at the vest and shake every few minutes. I think it's a gear shyness issue, but I'm not 100%. Does he do it with every vest or just one in particular vest? If he does it with every vest, it's a little different story. If he does it with one particular vest, it might be that that one's not fitting him properly. It uh, might be itchy, it might be pinchy, it might rub funny. So I would try different ones. I would try throwing that one in the wash and seeing if that helps at all. I would check the inside to see if there's anything, pine needles in there, anything, you know, and see maybe there's a, a, a bling thing there that's just hitting them the wrong way. But um, what we do is, you know, here's your, your thing. Every vest or harness that you've tried. Well, then, yeah, he's doing it because he thinks it can either stall possibly you know i don't know your dog i haven't met you guys but um it could be that he thinks that that's going to stall it or that that's what you do in this issue uh, so what we do in that situation is we have them it's similar to the booties you have them all fully geared up you put that piece on them and you just walk him and if he goes to to scratch at it especially if he's scratching and shaking every few minutes uh you know you you correct that behavior uh now if it's every vest or harness, you also, I would try changing off your, um, your laundry detergent and wash it and see if that helps, uh, depending, you know, because again, it could be something. So we can't get mad at the dog if it's an environmental thing and he has no choice. You know, if he, we had a dog in today who has a metal allergy. So we're trying to use things that don't have metal on him because he'll, he'll break out. You know, like I can't get mad at him for doing that because... It's not that he's doing it to be a jerk. It's that he's doing it because he has no choice because he has a metal allergy. But that's not most. So, so yeah. So, our big announcement is heart and soul canine. Yay! Uh, and Karen being able to do the in-home privates and being able to do the, um, the, the day training in Gainesville. So, if you live in Gainesville, go to heart, soul, canine. Shoot us a contact form if you're trying to get in touch with us. Heart, soul, letter K, number nine dot com. Or you can go to heart K9, just H E A R T, heart, right? Heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, what did you do with the thing first? The name no, I didn't. I just. Were you talking to this? My people. Oh, this is okay. 
I just got home. All right, yeah. Well, can you go fry up the ground beef for enchiladas? And chop up onions? Yes, small onions. What small. about other things? What nope, about... nope, just onions. Okay. Really small. Um, so heart, letter K, number nine, dot com. Heart canine will lead you to us. I love the new name, by the way. Thank you. Um, let me know what you think of the website, too, please, because we did change up colors, fonts, everything. We also made this a lot sleeker. So you can go to Dream Canine and see it, but Heart Canine is where you want to be. Okay? It's where everybody wants to be. It's going to be fantastic and amazing and able to grow and advance us into the future, which is totally what we want. Now, we still have Hope Service Dogs, of course. Hope is still there. Hope is doing fantastically amazing. Um, but... I think that heart and soul canine, heart and soul dog training is a really good move for the future. Okay. Having said that, I am hungry for enchiladas. I'm going to go in there and help him. And I will see you guys on hopefully Saturday. Uh, don't know what time we're going to be leaving and getting there. We're doing Animal Kingdom on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to go live there or not, but we will try to go live at some point, even if it's in the car. Uh, and we can talk about how the trip went. Okay. Talk to you guys.